0: OK, the stuff should be on. But I'm not sure if I just kicked everyone off the stream.
1: <laughs> no, it just pops back up afterwards.
0: <laughs> Does it pop back up? All right, guys. Yeah. then. Welcome back. Uh, sorry for that interrupt. I simply misclicked <laughs> on end stream instead of like, I should take a screenshot. There's like a little bit of a volume button to see. And I thought like, oh, I, can, I can click this there, right? And I just misclicked on the end stream thing. So it's like, right? <laughs> Well, mistakes happen, as we all know. Uh, so let me let me introduce you guys uh, real quick. Some big names today. Um, so first guests uh, has been on a couple times, actually three times before. And uh, like every time I'm like, I, I really enjoy it. So I thought I invite him back on. Uh, originally, the idea was um, to get you and Progot back on actually after the war, but kind of the war kind of dragged on, you know, <laughs> it's like it has been a while. So, uh, uh, I actually invited you guys back on, but uh, you couldn't make it, and uh, so we uh we switched it up and uh, had Progot on, and uh, now Killer B is on. I want to say one of the best known and well respected i've seen in the game in the current era I would say I think that's fair to say not super active right now but uh, always a little bit involved right
2: a tiny little bit at the moment but yes hello <laughs> thank you for inviting me again
0: uh, I, and by, the, by the way if you guys if someone's listening wondering I think it was episode 41 where we talked to ProGod uh, together with Pro, ProGod about the, the war and it was just coming up I think maybe at the moment that's kind of interesting to listen to, now that the voice is in kind of full swing and stuff, like what was what, what we're talking about. I don't even know. I don't even remember exactly what we talked about, but you know, it was episode 41. Uh, and then second guest, uh, a little bit of an old timer that recently came back. Uh, Mr. V is probably better known by like the older part of the Eve population. I'm not saying real life old, but like Eve game time old. Right? Maybe probably both. To be quite honest, right?
3: it's okay. You can say that now. There's FCs the FCs and from that are like 17 years old now, so it, that makes you feel old in real life. It has has been a while, right? So it has uh, been.
0: That's like from back when uh, like double digit Titans were still mind blowing, right? Um, and we used to be the main fc for at least the euro part of the imperium or back then cfc so um, to give you guys an idea i think that distinction of euro and us time zone cfc or imperium it doesn't even really exist at this point
3: anymore right
0: i'm not quite sure Mm -hmm. to be honest
3: I would say it always existed to a certain part, but uh, it does feel like the people who ran the show in Goonswarm on the FC level have always been, like, as an FC, you have to be pretty no life, right? So yeah, you know. usually span at least one time zone, usually two time zones to, uh, to be super active. So, way back when I was a student, I could cover EU and US, but usually the US time zone FCs also cover Euro when it really matters. So, we all kind of know life. Yeah, yeah,
0: true. Like, if you like the, the guys on the top, they're usually the no-life guys, 24-7. <laughs> it's like always available, which is a little crazy. But yeah. It's the plight. Uh, timeline-wise, I'm not even sure. Like, We talked about that super shortly when I said, like, hey, let's talk about that. And Killer already answered it kind of a little bit. But I wondered how much of your activities like mm. overlapped back then, right? I know right now it kind of overlaps, but um, like before, like you came back.
2: Like, so? I've oh, you this... mean back in the day? Yeah. I mean, there was like I. I think V went sort of inactive when I became active when I started. It's like after I joined, PL from Nully And then V, I, I remember I did one fleet versus V, and that's like the only fleet I ever did against him, and that's it. After that, that uh, the... he used. I think he went pretty inactive. Uh, it was my. Was that the only I, one? I think yeah. I mean at talking, least yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember that. But you know, it was it was right. uh, not not exactly an even playing field back then.
3: Yeah, I clearly remember that it was a long time when I was kinda like I wanted to be active, but like what I like to do, my playstyle, there wasn't really any like space for it. There wasn't really a lot of opportunities. I was always like on the fence for a long time. Like I kind of wanted to play, but I wasn't really having a good time. And then at some point try it again and then I, I remember pretty clearly losing that fight to you because I was pretty salty about that and then after that I lost the fight to Elo, and then I was like you know <laughs> the game. Let, let the young guys take over <laughs> for a couple of years it's time for retirement yeah but I think.
2: You know, everybody I mean, on our end everybody on our end was always pretty excited when you when you when there was signs of you coming back and uh, like back, back when World War B1 you did a couple of fleets and uh Then there was like a time in between when there was like signs of you showing up for a couple of fleets, and every time you like did one ping or something, people in our Intel channels and FC channels went like crazy. Oh look, V's back! This is huge. This changes everything. And then most of the time you would just do a couple of fleets and then disappear again. This time around you actually stuck around, so that's great because you know it's uh, (laughs) it's always great seeing uh, the old. For me, when I was not an FC yet, like when I sort of grew up in Eve. You were you were like really active and well known already. And that was kind of a benchmark. It was like you and Elo were them basically the people that I uh, like I guess that were like big FCs that I was kind of looking up to when I thought about becoming an F C. Obviously I had a lot more contact with Elo because I was not BL back in the day. Um but Oh you, you were not BL, as well? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't I was in Black Legion no. in two thousand eleven to thirteen. So I had obviously I was just There was a time I was still going to school back then. So it didn't really matter what I did in terms of like my sleep schedule and stuff. So it like literally every night I would set my alarm clock to like 3 a.m. my time in Germany so I could go on ELO's 0200 fleet that he did every day. Right. Like and I did that every day. It was just yeah. I usually my sleep schedule shifted around to a point where I got up at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Then I went on an ELO fleet and then after the fleet I went straight to school. And then I came back from school and I just kind of went to bed and then woke up for the fleets again, you know. It's uh, pretty try-hard back then.
3: You nerd. Yep. You gotta do what you gotta do.
2: Yeah, pretty much. I'm
3: surprised. Is that the one fight? Was that the only one you did we did against each other?
2: I think so, yeah. I, I can't remember fighting you ever since. You must
3: have been like super excited then. I was.
2: Like... I was. I was I remember my first fight against Elo as well. That's why I think I would remember having another fight against you. I think that was the only one we ever had. Because after that I can't remember. I, I had like one or two fights against Elo. And both those times, I was like, oh man, this is like fighting my mentor, sort of thing. Fighting, uh, he didn't really mentor me, right? But it was like finding my role model, or whatever you want to call it. It was uh, both yeah, yeah, times I was
3: so coming going up in, and... fight.
2: yeah. But at the end of the day, like the time I fought Elo, I was already pretty confident in my ability because that was way like I was running the show for PL for quite some time at that point, and I felt pretty confident about myself. But when I fought you, uh in delf i I, w- I hadn't been in in BL, PL for that long at the time and it was uh certainly much more exciting than uh, uh the other time yeah i and guess you still. dropped
3: titans you, you on me right i think it was that
2: yes yeah you were doing mecha- <laughs> you were doing and i think yeah. i did a hex and then when i got a bunch of scramps on you i just dropped supers and titans
3: yeah filthy <laughs>
0: but, so like you said like by then you were pretty confident like i think there's a moment <laughs> where you just realize as an FC like everyone can is cooking with water anyway you know there's only so much you can do like you need to know all these options and stuff like this and I think for like someone starting out it's like too much maybe right but as soon as you know the meta and you're pretty sure like yeah you know, like there's only so much like a super high level FC could do to your fleet that you know yeah, you, you everyone really cooking
2: dispassing. with water thing that's a big deal though because I so I and I I know this very well because before I joined PL, there was always these huge like conspiracy theories of what PL was involved in and what PL did actually orchestrate and you know the whole sphere thing, which obviously everybody knew it was a meme, but it just kind of spun into that. And it, there was this giant mystery about PL, what's going on inside of it, and blah blah blah. At least for me before I joined. And then when I joined, I realized well this is just an alliance like every other alliance. They had a you know they had a, an amazing infrastructure <coughs> and everything, granted, but. It was it was nothing that special and then being in PL and seeing you know, knowing how those decisions, uh, decisions were actually being made and then seeing the theories on Reddit and seeing everything around it was just so funny. I think that was the, the, the point where I realized when I when I joined PL, I was I realized that everybody's just coping with water, right? Like there is not none of that shit is going on. <laughs> The most, most of the stuff that people think is going on in like the dirty back rooms with the smoky cigars or whatever. Well, so a little disappointed. At
1: the poker tables.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. Most of that isn't happening. I wasn't disappointed, no. I was, I was kind of relieved because I always thought, man, I'm way too stupid to come up with all this shit. I'm hoping I'm not, that, I'm not actually <laughs> that dumb. Uh. And I was like, oh, it, it seems like I'm not actually that stupid. People, are, people just think these dudes are way smarter than they are. I'm not calling anyone stupid obviously
0: yeah i mean it's like you know i always thought so we have a long history fighting pl and all that stuff and shines who's also in chat actually uh, knows like i was always mad about people going to pl to give them free intel i was always so mad about that i'm like these guys they're just sitting around and just because they're pl they have that name and everyone looked up to these guys that's why they they wanted to work with them they wanted to deliver them like the free intel on shit, uh, right there right so i was always so mad it's like there was such an advantage always and i always felt like people um they wanted to be friends with pierre you know what i mean they wanted to be so
3: bad they would give them like whatever they wanted right it's like yeah and i would always uh, think about uh, the I think that's the thing about that's kind of interesting about PL. Like I was, I'm actually really happy that I was in PL for a couple of months, way back, like when uh, after the whole thing happened in, in Fountain and PL lost uh, lost the region and lost, well, they lost, I didn't even remember how many times it was, not that many in the current scale. But uh, they they were very low. And then Shadu came back and he kind of resurrected the Alliance and started doing the armor hacks and stuff. And then he invited me to join the Nault, So I got to see the inner workings of PL. And actually, I think you have to be like, it's a very specific kind of atmosphere in there at that time, at least where there were so many people in PL who knew exactly what needed to be done at any time. And every decision made by NFC, was also challenged by so many people in the fleet. And there was the whole like old guard and the new guard challenges. And I realized at that point that an alliance like Goonsworm, for example, fit me much more because at that time, at least I'm not sure if the differences are still big, but at least at that time, like goons are really easy in the sense that if you have a cool idea and you want to try something and you just tell a bunch of people like, "Hey, we're going to try this," they're very obedient and they will just happily follow the orders and they will try it without question. And if it fails miserably, then they're like, "Oh, well, we died, whatever." But in in PL, if you wanted to try something like that, you had to be pretty dominant personality to ram it through with uh, with the people there. Yeah, and you know, I think that
0: just has to do with the reputation on the line, right? That's why. That's why I think groups like Goons, Tests, um, Brave, or like any any group that's or hot that started as like a newbie group and was open to everyone to say like, yeah, we kind of shit at the beginning, right? There was no pressure on FCs, right? They can just go, and if you wipe a fleet, that's expected. But what if you win? Like, what if you win outnumbered? Like, then the other guys are like, yeah. they're getting hurt, right? <laughs> it's like. That's a whole nother level. And it's way more fun to make that uh, shit skill group win suddenly, right? Then, uh, like, you know, if you're in PL, at the time at least, you you had to win. Like, there was no other, like, it was unexp- un like
4: uh,
0: unacceptable to, to, to lose a fight, I guess, almost, right? Yeah. I, I don't know, to be
3: honest. Like, I was never in PL, so. Uh, losing fights was pretty harsh. I remember there was a lot of... Because at that time, that character was very low-skilled, and Shadu was doing armor hacks, right? And I couldn't fly an armor hack, so I was flying a mauler. And then the old guard was like, this is unacceptable, a T1 cruiser in our hack fleet, Completely unacceptable. Our reputation is at stake here. <laughs> and, the new guard, and then the new guard was like, who's shit? Like, it's, it's, a, it's a friend, whatever. Like, just let him fly his mauler. And there was, like, this clash of the old versus new, and it was, like, really, like... It was actually, like, a thing. Back then, yeah. but what I noticed that I think is pretty interesting, if you look at uh, like coming back after a break, I don't know if you guys have noticed the same thing, but I feel like there's a very big difference in like the the local chatter and like the, the smack talk in local between like the people who've been here for a long time and kind of the newer groups that were uh, recently formed mm. or recently. I, I like for example, I barely see like NC dot and PL like smack talking in local anymore, because. I guess by now we've all met each other in real life, right? We've all done the rounds. We've all had our spy characters and we know that everyone's kind of just a dude playing the game. But then I think you see like a bit of newer players uh, that uh, that are in the younger alliances. They're still like really fierce and local and they're really trying to drive their point across that the other guys are the bad dudes. Have you noticed that too? Because I think it's really yeah. funny to see actually. I think
0: I have noticed that too, yeah. Um, what I think though is like, those people that want to smack talk in local that, or that would smack talk, smack talk they're still in NC and PL, too. But in, like, I think the average person in those groups now is, like, it's not acceptable on a social level, you know what I mean? Not, I wouldn't say acceptable, but, like, people don't like it in general in their groups. And that's why they don't shit talk, rather, right? Like, I think those people that would shit, uh, shit talk, they still exist, though, right? <laughs> you think or maybe we just all i think it so all yeah really like. i don't know maybe we have to do a scientific uh, study on it with <laughs> a <little> local <laughs> analysis on the smack talk yeah i mean <laughs> brave is a, a is a fun example right they always have the slogan uh, and we're fighting them at the moment I don't, i'm not trying to shit out brave but they always say like stay classy right but they have some really shits personalities there like that shit talk so dumb right <laughs> and they don't care one bit right it's, but that's that i guess that supports your point right like the newer groups the newer people higher chance uh they have a higher chance of actually having a, that low level shit talk
3: so I, I enjoy it like it's good that there's that level of emotional investment right because that really keeps the wars going that is also and, true yeah yeah and i remember like way back like like, for, for us, at least from a from perspective, like, Vince Draken was like the, you know, the embodiment of the bad guy, right? Like, he's the NC dot. He, he's the leader of the gang, just the formerly Band of Brothers Corporation. So he's the evil dude. And nowadays, it's like, oh, hey, Vince is also back. That's cool. Let's just chat in local like we're friends or something.
0: Yeah, Vince is actually also on my list as, like, um, like a guest for a f- future episode. But I don't think he, like, he's not the podcast. Has he
3: ever been on a... I don't um, know. I
0: don't think so. Maybe has, actually, man. maybe has been on, like, talking in Stations, like, years ago or so. But that's basically it, right? But... He should really go on. A kid be, can uh, can make it happen, right?
2: I can probably make it happen, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, just have you, to you be annoying to... about it to him until he says yes, and then <laughs> so he'll be... Right.
3: You know why. You, get... you, you need to guilt trip him. Until but he's know. a
2: very... Like, whenever he goes on shows like TAS, I think he was on TAS after, or on some show after, either X-47 or UALX, like some big Titan fight, and he's a very level-headed guy when it's, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like Some people invite him to shows because they hope for some giant smack talk between him and some goon guy, but he doesn't do that, <laughs> right? Like... After I I remember after, I think it was when Goons deployed down to Purge, Tribune, Vale of the Silent, when they deployed with their 1,000 Titans or whatever, he actually had a combo with the Mitanni, like an actual PM between the two, and he just said, hey, look, the amount of Titans you guys bunched together, being in Delph and mining and doing all this stuff, that's pretty impressive. Never seen something like that. It was a very friendly sort of, you know, he just paid his respects. Uh, but obviously, his life's goal is to, in <laughs> Eve, at least, to eliminate goons, right? But there's still—you can still have a level-headed conversation. It's, is, it's, it's the it's the spurs and local that don't seem to get it. Yeah, yeah, like exactly.
1: Accomplish- the accomplishments that people have made, while still like not necessarily accepting their position in the game. I don't know how else
4: to put it. Well, there's like a respectful rivalry,
0: right? That's what I yeah. would would call it probably like mm-hmm. after years like you can't not respect each other i guess right you, you can't get around that to a degree right you would maybe yeah, some people would admit it openly and some I wouldn't <laughs> but in general like there has to be a certain level of respect i guess
2: they've been fighting each other for so long and they've been on opposite sides of the of the eve universe for so long that okay. yeah you just kind of you know whatever at that point yeah and well, i was
4: actually
1: like, ex- as, as like a pilot. Or as like an FC, you know, because nobody knows the work that FCs put in, or you know, big block FCs more than other block FCs.
3: <laughs> um. So, Killa, are you are you actually like active now? Because I, sometimes, no. like, I see like you you feel like you want to play Eve, and then you, and then you spam like a thousand pings because like I am Killa B, I am playing Eve. Log in. right? And then, but it's very. I rare. haven't
2: actually. No, I haven't. No, I don't ping. I haven't pinged in, like, ages. I did one fleet right before the big M2 2.0 showdown, Omega uh, (laughs) Lull, which, uh, basically, I just took a bunch of subcaps to clear the regional gate from 4-0 to 49U so we can get some reinforcements through. And I was like, the only reason I did that was because Nidus was still, like, at the grocery store or something, getting ready for the all-nighter that he knew he was going to have to pull. Which he ended up not having to pull. But, anyways, mm-hmm. and I was like, look, we need to get these uh, reinforcements through so we can replace these titans that we lost, you know, two days prior. So I just say, look, there's nobody else around. So I just take the fleet. I didn't really want to play. I didn't have the time to commit the entire night to the fight. So I wasn't planning to showing up. But I figured, okay, this is not going to take longer than like two or three hours. So I'm just going to go and get it done. And before that, I haven't done a fleet in a long time. I think the last fleet before that I was involved was one of the Keepstar timers, like FWST or some, like one of the eight Keepstars or whatever, how many it was that we uh, fought over. I don't over. even know. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then before that, it was Fountain. I, I I was turbo active at the start of the war from like the 4th of July to, to the end of Fountain. Basically the first four weeks of the war, I was really, really active. I did a majority of the fleets in NC DOT and I was active in coordination and everything. But then once Fountain was kind of wrapped up and we only had a couple of us left to kill, I didn't really want to keep going. Uh, I just kind of figured, you know, maybe if uh, if it draws me back in at some later point in time, then I'll I'll be back. But at the moment, it hasn't drawn me back in. Why? Uh, I don't know.
1: Are you doing, a, like, is there other stuff that you're doing in life? Yeah, like... I mean,
2: uh, yeah, yeah. So the last like couple of months i was really busy in in real life but i still have a lot of time to play computer games like i work you know nine ten hours a day or whatever that's and then i sleep like six and a half that still leaves like six hours five hours or whatever to play i could easily do a fleet a day if i wanted to so what
1: are you but, playing
2: uh, mostly other games whatever like whatever floats my uh floats my boat <laughs> sometimes i play wow sometimes i play Right now, mm-hmm. I play Hellgate London, which is a pretty old ARPG. You know, it's it's always whatever. But basically, I don't know. I don't want to sound too jaded when I say stuff like I've seen it all, I've done it all. But there's just, you know, stuff like the effort, the, the Keepstar Brawls and that, they were kind of exciting to me because it was kind of a, a feeding on an unrivaled level where we just had a 1 trillion ISK fight every other day, basically. And that was kind of cool, you know, kind of just me grinding it out for. 9 hours 10 hours every other day i thought it was pretty exciting um but like even even the fights like m2 i knew how m2 at least one point always going to go down cuz these titan fights in the, you know the big kind of thing they always go down the same way man and there's really not that much decision making involved that excites me because all the decisions you make in a fight like that they you know, you make a decision, and then, like, two hours later, that decision actually comes into effect because of how slow everything is and how the game is being played at that level of tie-dye. And that's really not what I want to do anymore. Like, X-47 was the last big Titan mm-hmm. fight that I was really, really invested in and that I really wanted to win. And it kind of draw. like, I, I just don't want to do that anymore. I really want to do subcap fights and, you know, the fast-paced, without tie-dye kind of thing unfortunately we're at the stage of the war now where those kind of fights don't happen all that often anymore because most of the time the fights turn out to be a, you know very big slug fest and then there's a lot of tie day involved most of the time so there's just nothing at the moment there's nothing going on that interests me
4: i know exactly tie what day, you mean
2: yeah it's, it's not exciting for me anymore it's not it's not because i can't do it i have done it before it's just not exciting anymore Cap
1: fights what you want to do and EVE. Yeah. Yeah. I just I want to but
2: have fast paced subcap fights. Yeah.
3: But apart from like apart from like the gameplay maybe not being like the things that you I think are super challenging, I think a lot of people are still very emotionally invested in a war because they want to come out on top, right? Like for the sake oh, of yeah. the tribe or for the sake of the narrative, or there's loads of reasons why people are still invested in the war, but they none of them apply to you. I'm kind of curious. Is, no, is it I'm just, I'm is not just about okay. the gameplay for you.
2: I on and yeah, not anymore. So I gave up on being invested in the whole anti-goon narrative and being the big like after the North failed. The North was my big project, right? Like I really wanted the North as a as a concept to succeed, where all the northern alliances together we But I, in in X forty seven and around that time, the whole thing just fell apart, and I realized it doesn't work because the 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 advantage of the Imperium, and one of the advantages that the Imperium has right now as well, is that they're one alliance under one leader, with one infrastructure, one big banner sort of thing, right? Trying to keep a scrap of 20 alliances with somewhat aligned interests, but they don't really want to be playing together anyways together, it's just such a pain in the ass. And at the end of the day, that's what the North was, and that's what Pappy is right now. Um, You know, it's uh, I can't bond. I I, I want to fight for NC, yes. And I will fight for NC when it comes to us. But we have wonderful FCs running the show at the moment. There's no need for me to be around. It's not like if I don't show up, the thing's going to fall apart. Uh, and then I really don't care about Goons winning or us winning anymore. I really don't. Like, for me, I, I'm not an anti-Goon uh, sort of narrative kind of guy. My... My way, like the way I look at myself, was always, I'm just a dude that was kind of born into fighting goons. Because when I started, like basically all my Eve career, I was fighting goons, except that one narrow time when I was in BL and we were kind of siding with the CFC in uh, in the Halloween War. But apart from that, and I just fight for my side. i look at myself more like a soldier, more like a general, where I just do what my president quote unquote wants me to do right. I don't really care about the narrative behind it. I'm I'm more like a military kind of guy. I I don't have any motivation to kill goons. There was a time not that long ago I was really, really close to joining goons. It's 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 not a thing that I cannot make up in my mind. I could easily join goons right now if I wanted to. And it wouldn't have, hurt me at all. Right? My corp,
1: yeah. How do you know they would have you?
2: Because I have several standing offers to join Goons. Just
1: kidding.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You're not
0: good enough, Killer.
4: Go away. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: so yeah, it's, it's really not that personal for me at all. This war is not personal. So I don't care which side wins. I, think I, want, are... NC. I want NC to succeed. Let me just say this. I want NC to succeed, <laughs> but I think that NC will succeed even if we lose the war without yeah. a problem
0: so before we went live we talked about something similar right and like i think we're all three in like in a in a in a similar kind of position there i think mr v doesn't care too much about like grudges and all that stuff anymore like i know i don't right and then you don't and we are all three not super involved on the like highest level at the moment right because that's like that's the like where you have to really know life this war right and yeah, I really wish we're,
3: that true. so I like, it, yeah. there's like a difference between like the intention and then what actually happens because like i came back as the intention to just be like ah Eve, actually graphics wise looks pretty cool so i'm gonna go be a line member with maximum graphics and join the black ops <laughs> camp and shoot shit with my marshal if you look at my year in review video thing my most used ship in 2000 20 or whatever was actually the marshal because it was just an, Insta-lock, oh, an insta-locking marshal sitting on a black ops camp shooting dudes right that was i kept that up for like a couple of weeks and then i just see like these plays going wrong and i'm like i can't like I, I physically hurt seeing my people suffer so i need to try to FC again and then like the current meta is so far out of my comfort zone with my core driving hacks everywhere and like i i like brawling yeah fighting with Serbs, and i'm like this is like this is so far out of my comfort zone so i was feeding fleets <laughs> left and right being absolutely horrible but still like when you come back and you have this kind of like reputation people still ask you questions like hey we have this fight coming what should we do and then they're asking me questions and i'm so far out of my depth <laughs> and so far out of my comfort zone and i'm just like i don't know what to do So I kind of found my comfort zone there now, which is where I can just spam a shitload of pings with a lot of capital letters because people are apparently willing to log in for me, which is awesome. And then on command chat, I'm like, okay, people, clever FCs, (laughs) tell me what the hell to do because I have no clue. Especially in the fuzzy sort of contest, it's like, okay, I formed a thousand dudes. Uh, Asher, (laughs) it's yours now. (laughs) So there is this, uh, exactly. So there is this like, I mean I feel like I'm pretty emotionally invested in the war after having three weeks of holiday in a lockdown and I just played Eve all day every day. So I would like I would like my people to win because it's like a tribe, right? I've met a lot of people from the leadership in real life, like a lot of them are my friends. So I, I would like us obviously to win and to succeed. So if I can help somewhere, I would do it. Um, yeah,
0: like I wasn't I wasn't saying like any of us don't care who wins right that's a different story like we kind of Im- invested in the war since we're like all active like obviously i want our side to win too right but like the the whole like old school grudge kind of thing like you want whatever you want nc dot to uh to be destroyed right this, it doesn't really
3: that's not really a thing No, that's, it, those, those edges are gone like i think it's Nowadays, like back in the days, like, it would have been cool to, to fight back to the point where NC Dot would completely disband. And now you're like, you just want to
4: win. At least there's someone to shoot,
3: right? This band. Because, like, what would Eve be without NC Dot and Vince Dragon, right? It would be kind of dull. Yeah. So I yeah mean that's totally true, yeah.
0: Uh, people always made fun of uh, well not like all, everyone but I guess half of Eve made fun of Asher's post when he made like this reddit post about like why goons are actually the good guys and I I can totally see his point right his point being like how can, how can a group or a person like Mittens uh, be bad for the game if so many people want to mobilize and come uh, kill the group or like his shit right so um you know and he creates so,
1: content just by people hating him
0: i mean he kind of does right he kind of. i mean you have to you have to admit that so
1: um I mean, war started pretty much yeah
0: and uh and it I think this this narrative it kind of holds it kind of holds up to be quite honest, right? You need people to shoot each other. Like, why would you go and and say like you want people removed from the game, basically, right? I think that's always going to end bad at the end for everyone, right? So, you know, I think if you have played a long time or like at least have seen it a long time, you realize like you need some targets too, right? <laughs> like, where are you going to go? Like, who are you going to shoot if they're gone? So yeah,
2: yeah. I I, like. I didn't. When he posted that, a lot of people in our chats they were like going completely ham and were like, "Look at this delusional guy!" and blah blah blah. And I said, "Look, obviously some of the stuff he wrote was a bit spinny and a bit coolady, but at the end of the day, the as you said, the point of the post, I get that point. Just the way he wrote it, I thought was because instead of just saying what you just said, he did basically what he did was, "We're not the bad guys." Actually, you. And that's, you know, that doesn't exactly really exactly what anybody
1: would say about their own side. Yeah, right.
2: Like, and instead of pointing out, look, you know, he could have also said, look, I understand where you guys come from. You've been fighting us for so long and you see it. But he could have just expressed his point of view and then be done with that. And everybody still trolling him for that would just be an idiot. But instead, what he did was like, look, we're not the bad guys. It's actually most of you guys who are in. you know, that always just turns into a shit show if you do that. So, yeah, it was a bit But that's, but that's
3: kind yeah. of the point, right? That's kind of the point. To, yeah. to, you, you have a point, but then you, you sprinkle some, uh, some narrative on it <laughs> just to get the blood flowing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that was the point, that's fine. That worked. It definitely worked. But I, I don't know. He, because he wasn't happy with the result. Like, he was very, he didn't really get the, I don't want to call it feedback, but the response that he got on Reddit, right? So I'm I'm not sure. But
3: I i I, I don't I don't think anyone I don't think anyone's point on Reddit is ever to have like
1: a professional serial
2: no, discussion. Yeah. Nobody, like...
1: yeah, nobody looks for like a positive response from Reddit, let's be honest.
2: Progress that's for sure. Uh,
1: yeah. of times.
2: Frogger sometimes writes big posts where he, he's like, why are these people all calling me a retard? This is so confusing. Okay, like, yeah, oh. so I should
1: say it's not that nobody expects a good response. It's just that you're not going to get one,
2: regardless. Yeah, of what exactly. Do. It doesn't matter what you expect. Reddit will always be Reddit. You will yeah. get what Reddit gets you. But also <laughs>
4: you think would...
3: that people are able to separate the the persona from the character, right? Like, for example, yeah, I mean, the, the Mitani is a very very carefully crafted space persona. But if you think that he's going to walk into a store and order a sandwich the way he talks in the state of the gunion, then you're pretty freaking delusional. Yeah, but like, see, that's uh, the thing.
2: That's like what I try to get across to a lot of people. like there's also a lot <laughs> of people in in, uh, in our FC team hate Aerith, for example, or hated him when he was active. Like, down to the bone. they really like, this guy's such a jerk. Wow. Like, all the, all the words, right? And I met Aerith. I've worked with him during the CSM. And I can tell everybody that Aerith's a nice guy. Yeah, you know, he did a little bit of banter here and there, but that was fun. And he he certainly has a huge ego when it comes to what he does, but he's really good at what he does, right? So he, I think he deserves that as well. So apart from that, he was a nice guy. And I told him, look, whenever he's on a meta show or whenever he's on, you know, Fireside Chat and he talks, what he's doing is he's being the character Aerith he's not actually that kind of guy in real life and it's the same for Mitanni and people don't seem to get that people don't want to hear that like there's we have these diehard Bob guys or anti-goon guys in NC obviously because that's where they go to right and But
3: but I think like not to go like super meta psychology here but I think like people going like Latching onto somebody's space persona is kind of their like their own kind of space persona, right? Because if you look at Eve meetups and FanFest and Eves and them and stuff, like everybody is super chill. Nobody is gonna be like, "Oh, you're the space persona that I dislike." I'm gonna go and you know get.
1: I actually, I mean, like probably not the norm, but I actually know someone that like got in a bar fight because of things that happened in game. So it's no, not actually- like a hundred- There's always you know there's always the outliers.
3: So, but I've right. also never been to meet. So, Well, yeah. so it's, yeah, not like, it's, I, not, it's not like when Killa and I met at Amsterdam, we were rolling on the street fighting each other <laughs> or anything, right?
2: Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I what? may have been rolling on the street, but it wasn't because I was fighting. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> had, that was um, a good
3: Amsterdam, though. Enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good one.
2: When when no, I was,
3: agree. Like, when uh, when Pando told told uh, told me that you were coming on the show, I was like, Ah, oh, Killa. Oh, yeah, he was pretty cool. I met him at Amsterdam oh easterdam like a social gathering of people like god i crave that so much right what now is that? yeah yeah i wonder when the next fanfest
0: or easterdam or whatever is gonna take place like i mean we, we're kind of hoping for 2022 right
1: people keep saying yeah. that evade is still gonna happen since it's you know not ccp ran but more just a gathering of
2: people but we'll see uh, oof, it i don't awkward. know i mean a for it i guess but let's not get into that that just seems fucking stupid in many ways but okay
0: yeah the, i mean the, the thing is like i like i'm not gonna tell anyone to go or not to go or whatever right but i mean the situation right now it would be a little bit uh, i think it's a little bit dumb but
2: yeah whatever it's not... again it's a, it's a very it's a very dangerous topic to get into because you're yeah. just gonna have people like, you know. There's serious. too
1: many heated opinions on both sides. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah.
4: It is
0: what it so is. It I not- do remember. I do remember though. Right before like all the shutdowns over uh, over here, we had uh, Fulcrum on, and he said like he was actually in a town like or in a city close to Wuhan, and he's like, yeah, everything is shut down and stuff like this. Like you can't get in and out That's and. and yeah, and everyone was like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's coming to you guys, too. Are you going to have lockdowns? And I'm like, no, no way, right?
4: And boom. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were so freaking
3: naive here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did a project for uh, uh, a client in Hong Kong. And they had, of course, the experience in the past. So like, when there was any kind of like chance that something would happen, like borders closed, masks on, everything. And they were just looking at us being cuddled up together in a meeting room, no mask or anything. And they just, they were just like, "Dudes, what are you doing? Like, it's gonna come over there." you're like, "No, nah, it's fine. Like, why would it ever come?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. At least we got Eve Online to occupy our minds.
1: That's for sure. I honestly don't know, like, how I would have stayed sane without Eve Online during this whole
0: thing like gaming mm-hmm. in general right that must have been like a like a solid like social um like i don't want to say yeah, save yeah, exactly like i was about to say replacement like it's not, not the right word for it
1: but you know what i mean I think right? it's a, replacement for a lot of us regardless of uh the social situations that
3: we're in with uh, the I mean, virus that's the reason why i one of the reasons that if I came back to EVE was that the summer was all right because you could still go outside and you could go the weather was nice so mm-hmm. you could you could still do stuff and see people outside at a distance but then when it got darker and darker and darker then I like, can colder, like what do you do so that's when uh, you fire up EVE Online and there's content on the doorstep yeah um
4: yeah. Uh, you
0: know we do what we can right and uh
4: I hope uh, everyone's getting through this all right.
3: Um, <clears throat> it looks like. So Pender, So, I was curious, Panda. Did, did you ever like take a long break from Eva? have you been active all the time? So I'm not sure if you. I, if he doesn't you ever, know how to take
1: long breaks. He says that he's going to take a long break, and then it's like three days, and he's like, OK. <laughs> That's that? kind of
0: true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did take a, sm- a super sh- small break which was just making fun of, like, recently, like, not too long ago. That's, uh, but, the, you know, I, I left all the core channels and all that stuff because it was just, like, getting too much, right? And I was just, like, constantly, like, and so I took a break. And after a couple of days, I realized, okay, if I leave all these channels, you know, it's manageable. Like, I don't have to be, like, 24-7, like, turned on to, like, fucking what's happening here and what's happening there and, like, like all these fleets. I just, like, I went to a point where I couldn't even do anything. It was just so much going on all the time. And that's probably, like, I'm just not designed for that, I think. I'm just not designed to, like, to do, like, 500 things at once. Like, three things at once. Okay, and that's fine. But, like, it was just too much. So, like, I took a super short break, but I did take a long break, when I had the military service like in I don't even know when, years ago. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to
4: yeah. I, to take so you left off. all the
3: channels. So to kinda so you left all the channels so you don't like I I, I know what you mean, right? You're in a hundred thousand channels and every time there's like an unread message in your ping relay or in the ally channel you're like, hmm, I kinda wanna know what's going on. Yeah. And the then ping, the ping is is going.
1: Going. he literally just didn't log into Discord because that's the only way to keep it because even when, you know even when he leaves all these channels, then people just start DMing him instead and talking to him about. <laughs> That's so true. Just no way for him to <laughs> but, I mean, get away from it. Yeah,
4: they getting very
3: overloaded. Yeah,
4: and
1: then he starts feeling guilty because then he feels like all these people are depending on him, and he's letting them all down by just like walking away, even though it's like completely mentally acceptable to take a break from running things and being in charge of things every once in a while.
3: Have you settled yeah. on the rhythm now,
0: where you're not involved in everything and it's okay? Yeah, like, still... yeah, like, and like when we're talking about this, like, it's not like it wasn't as crazy as people might just think right now, right? Like they think like, oh, there was some some mental breakdown or some shit. Like, no, no, like I've been I've been close to like burnout a couple of times, right? And you just have to realize it's quick enough and, and say, okay, now we have to like slow down, right? But in a war like this, it's very hard to do then. Like it's very hard to just do one fleet every like once a week or something, right? It's you, you know, yeah. you're either in or you're out. So it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing, right? And that's what what I actually wanted to talk to you guys about too, because I talked to um, uh, Progon like uh, two weeks ago, I think. Um, and we talked about like how like decisions and stuff are made, right? But if you're not involved like a, a whole lot, like me and Killer, then like you're still in the channel, you see the decision being made. And even <laughs> if you have an idea, for example, Killer says, whatever, don't light the sign or jump those titans in, or whatever, right? Like you're not gonna you're not gonna <laughs> step up there and, and inject yourself instantly into this decision-making process, right? Uh, and I thought it was quite interesting because we're like kind of in the same situation there, right? You see what's going on. You put some input in there, right? And for those like who are wondering that never see these these channels, like how does this is all come coming, coming <coughs> together? I think it's just interesting, maybe to 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 talk about, right?
3: I think the 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 first M two fight was a really interesting snowball of events, actually. Because I think that one everyone on both sides can say that was a that was a good fight where the server held up surprisingly well, but I like how it started because when this started it was it was still so I took three weeks off during the before Christmas leading up to the new year, and at that time there was loads of stuff time to Australian time zone, which is around downtime for me, so I was like that's perfect, right? You play a little bit of Eve early on in the day and then you you chill out in the evening and you at least try to break away from it. And then the second time my holiday started, everything got retimed the US time zone. So I was like, okay, well that sucks. But then at some point the jammer started coming online. Um and in M two I was like, I kinda wanna feel like I kinda feel like playing even online, but I don't want to do blob warfare or anything. So I suggested to one of the coordinators in the FC channel, like, hey, let's go shoot the M two jammer and see what happens. Like, can somebody else form a small fleet first? You know, somebody who's not super well known. So if a Person who is not super well known does a ping, then usually it attracts less, you know, a less big hostile fleet. So it's still a bit smaller scale. So this one guy was like, Yeah, that's cool. I'll form some bombers and start shooting a jammer. So he goes there, uh, havish, he starts shooting the jammer. And then the first hostile response is like some jackdaws. So, okay, hostiles form some small jackdaws and we form, you know, another FC, forms a jackdaw fleet to counter that. And then, so it slowly starts escalating. And then at some point, the hostiles are like, oh shit, this is actually, we're going to lose the jammer if we don't form seriously. So we're forming munins. And then I form a munin fleet as well. So you keep like, every time you do one step extra and you keep escalating. And at some point, everyone's kind of exhausted what numbers they're going to get from the pings and the fights clashed. And we had a pretty sick brawl. I think it was like 50-50 efficiency. Everyone at zero brawl. Everyone lost their lodgies and disengaged. And then I didn't understand why, but uh, the hostiles for us anyway, the hostiles decided to leave and concede the jammers to us. And I actually never understood why the decision was made, because the numbers were equal, and like, they could have escalated with caps at that point. So I was like, I don't know why. But they decided to all leave and let us have control over the jammers. So we kill all the jammers or reinforce them. And then we all high-five each other, and we're like, all right, the Euro's job is done, you know, Asher. It's yours now. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, things just kind of escalated from there. So the jammer was still down when the Keepstar came out. And we're like, well, I mean, if the jammer's down, we may as well jump stuff in and see what numbers we get. And then that kept happening on both sides for what felt like hours. Just keep jumping more in, keep jumping more in, keep jumping more in. And then we realized that we were actually equal on time numbers. And we're like, I mean, we're on our friendly Keepstar. We have equal time numbers no? why the fuck not and that's when we started planning the first doomsday volley and it kind of escalated there but I I, I like that it all started with a skirmish commander forming a handful of bombers and it just you know butterfly effects into what ends up being you know the the world record breaking fight
0: yeah that's a lot of times what happens right like it just you know you can't predict this kind of stuff and I remember uh there was two keeps those, right what was the other one next door that was or was it a key yeah it was a keeps that time before that right and uh but that thing was getting done and then the, the second keeps that was coming up and i was actually in a couple like special like i had a, like a little bit of a special squad for like a, a little play that we wanted to do like that asher and, and I mm-hmm. were talking about for ages to do, right? We wanted to do this so badly. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure you probably know what's it, what it is. But, yeah, I know. And it's I was ready to time. go, but like, I was so tired because on that day, actually I was driving home for like seven hours straight and I just came through the door, ate something, sat down, and then this fight was kicking off, right? And then this, this, on this, uh, in M2 then, I remember sitting there and thinking, uh, we jumped all times in first and all that stuff and I felt like the cards are on the on the table basically right and we're kind of like giving the position to hostiles because they can decide where they want to jump in in range not in range and all that stuff so for me it all looked like nothing's gonna happen here right and I personally like I stood my guys down because the play wasn't happening anyway and I was in the wrong ship and all that stuff so I told, I told my guys actually like uh, guys have those thingies ready and uh you know said didn't happen but like next time right and i hate this that's the worst that i've seen right if you stand your guys down with nothing up happen- and i had that today actually i had like a fucking awesome fleet and wanted to do like super awesome shit and i had to stand them down with nothing happening right? yeah that's the worst yeah it is the worst it really is but yeah I remember that just escalating, kind of out of nowhere, really, right? It was kind of, kind of weird.
3: Yeah, yeah, because indeed you remember there was more. There was because there, there was a three Keepstars stars all at once, and the first one, for some reason, also hustlers were really unprepared. They were still like jumping, like assembling subcaps and stuff. And, yeah, the first one was saved, and Asher and me actually jumped in our fleets first, and we started fighting on some ran like on the Ciner Jammer, I think, and it caused tie dye. And while the tie dye was running, the Keepstar already repaired. So we're like, all right, we saved one. Like, we expected to lose all of them, so saving one is already kind of a victory. Yeah. Uh, let's jump all the dudes over to M2, and, and we'll take it play by play there. Yeah. Uh, that was crazy. But I'm never staying up until downtime again though. Throughout the whole night.
0: <laughs> and that's what you say now. But in half a year, this mess fight's kicking off. All your bros are like, we, we need you. You're to stay no, but up, even- right?
3: But even in BR5, like, in BR5, I was much more active. Like, in BR5, there was a stretch of a couple of hours where I think I was calling targets for the Titans. And at, at 4 a.m. in the night, I was like, you know, I'm out. I'm out of gas. Like, I just closed all my clients. Titans on grid didn't matter. Just check in the morning if they're still alive or not.
0: Yeah, I I actually had a fleet in, in uh, BTEC R2. And I stood the guys down, like, I don't know, three hours in or so. Uh, because again that was like a special play we wanted to do, and it didn't work because the server didn't hold up, right? We wanted to actually void bomb the entire fucking cap fleet with like 50 void bombers rotating in keep void bombing, right? Because if all those archons are dry like who's gonna rip those titans, right? uh but then we realized everyone had 100 percent cap all the time non-stop nobody was getting and i was like guys you're in bombos just haul on these titans i don't give a shit and i just locked <laughs> off right i was so disappointing <laughs> i had so big plans
3: and uh, i was so hyped about it but yeah didn't happen <laughs> but, you're, but you're always like like i don't know you that well but you like you always have like these these plans and these plays and yeah these that's pictures. that's the so shit what is, like, the most, like, disgusting trick that you ever pulled in Eve, right? The one that you're, like, the most proud of that it actually worked out. Ghost bombs. What, what did you say? That's
1: my favorite. Your favorite trick. Like, your favorite sneaky stuff that you've done.
0: No, which one? Because your mic was breaking up?
1: Uh, I just said ghost bombs are my favorite. Mm.
0: Well, ghost bomb is kind of similar to pipe bomb, right? So, I don't want to kill it. it.
1: But it's sneaky, like it's got the extra sneakiness to it.
0: That is true. So ghost bomb, I mean, it's way harder to pull off than pipe bombs, right? So pipe bombs everyone's is um familiar with, right? You have a hostile fleet, you bank on them warping to a specific gate at a specific time, basically. Then you throw a bubble and you know exactly where they land, and it's exactly where your cyan is gonna land. You bridge in smart bomb battleships and you smart bomb everyone to shit, right? Um now ghost bombs are the same concept you kind of predict where they're going to land but you have your ships already locked off so you don't have to bridge in and all that stuff right and it's specifically yeah, 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 yeah. on drifter war World that works quite well because you can really like easily predict where they're going to land and um you know it comes out of nowhere you can do it on all kinds of kinds of space but the hard part is the preparation right you need to get those uh, ships in place and enough of them and uh you know that stuff, but yeah um i would i i would think the most hated concept though was either bush Ravens or like snatch or Stukas right so
3: they were all all of those were like bushing around the grid right uh yes, yes,
0: and I would say like the first one that was snatch like that was like i i think i in, in hindsight. FC-wise, FC, FC skill-wise, I'm the most proud of because like now I don't even know how we pulled this off. Like it's so fucking hard to well, pull off <laughs> because Snatch oh, yeah. So snatch is like just a ton of magus, but they're all MWD fit, right? So you bank on like capitalizing on chaos, basically. And because you're MWD fit, you would anchor up when you want to boost without MWD. So you're all in, in range to each other, right? But that means you can only move with MJDs then, right? So, and then you have to maneuver around. And that's why I actually uh, fought Killer B like, at least a few times. I'm not sure if we uh, got away with a lot of kills against him, but um, it was always good fun. Right? Like, but I don't know how we pulled this off a lot of times. To be honest. <laughs> I think we got lucky and nobody knew how to like counter it. That's, that's the only reason why it worked, actually.
3: Sometimes it just works because it's new, right? And people just don't know what happened
0: yeah and you know what why i think one big reason why i like the the weird shits is also people enjoy doing like different stuff you know they want to be like the the first guys to do this and this right like um yeah i don't know and be it chemos right that's a nasty trick too that like i also invented right and now everyone's using that oh trick. you are the uh
4: yeah you
0: were the yeah. inventor of that yeah and you know what's oh, you know you not know, so sad as part. We had that trick ready for so long, right? But I never used it because it was the counter to Snatch. Like, if we used chemos, Killer B would have seen that, right? And he would have said, like, wait a second. Uh-huh. We can just fucking chemo these guys. And Snatch would have been oh, dead shit. right there. <laughs> uh, so. And everyone really was cool. always complaining about Snatch too. Like, there's no counter to this. I'm like, there is actually a counter, right? But I couldn't say it,
4: right? It's funny. That's really cool. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that was, that was also really enjoyable coming back. That some of the old tricks that people used to use way back, I guess they've gone out of fashion or something. So they work again. Like, because the current FCs don't know, weren't aware of it or something. And so you could pull yeah. it off. So, so I don't know if you're listening, but the missed Amatin, the mm-hmm. guy who always runs Corms, every single day he ran Cormorant Fleet. And that's kind of dangerous because if you do the same thing every day, you become predictable, right? But at the end of the day, it's just corm. So, anyway, who cares if you lose a bunch? But, uh, so at first, uh, I just started like sniping him with like four oracles or some stuff. Like he jumped in and we just warped at range and sniped Mm. the Kormans and then he would warp on top of us. And then I had a safe spot pretty close to the gate. And then he kept probing the safe spot and he kept warping to the oracles at zero without having eyes on our safe spot. So at one point, it's like, okay, dude, if you're going to do this every time, then, then, you know, you need to get dragged. So we put up a drag bubble in the safe spot and then we warp there as bait. And then the drag bubble is there with the smart bombing rogues and stuff. And then when he landed on Gritty he was like, fuck, we got done. <laughs> so, that, so that was trap one. And then trap two was that we refitted our oracles rather than having lasers on them. We just had like smart bombs fitted instead. So we just pretended to be snipers waiting for him to warp at zero. And therefore, the longest of times, he wouldn't warp. So I thought he was on to us. And then I was like, fuck, this is never going to warp. We're going to warp one more time, and then we we'll just, whatever, dock up. And then he does warp at zero. And then the trap is sprung. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> again. Yeah. You know what? So that stuff is just.
0: I like, uh, so there's another like sneaky trick that I did uh, with like smart bomb battleships that's very similar, actually, right? We call it Transformers. So we went with, like, Macariels or Typhoons, like a Doctrine you want to be on Zero. Arty Macariels? Yeah, you're gonna warp on Zero and engage these guys. So like, what you do is, like, you warp onto Hostiles or onto the Grids, like, bait them out a little bit, right? Be all juicy and stuff. And you just hit them with your Arties or your Cruise Missiles, right? And then you align out to the Sun. But you have to be, like, you better be aligned, right? I would say that in Fleet, like, don't be that one guy who's not aligned, right? and then the second they warp on top of you you just warp out to the sun right so the sun happens to be bubbled and you happen to have nesters in fleet so what you do is in warp you refit the smart bombs right suddenly when you land you're not artifit anymore now you're smart bomb battleships right and they all oh, follow can they you do that in warp? you can do that in warp like they changed a the slight a little bit because now you cannot do it with, with a weapons timer anymore you used to do that with a weapons timer uh. But you, you can still do that in warp, right? Because at the end, as you know, there's little warp ball forms, right? Like the two point five game, and everyone's going to be in range to an esta, and it's like it's not it's not a hard thing to refit. So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, we caught a couple oh. of people like that, right? But that's it's really like filthy a, as well. It, is, you can it be is. So
3: creative and Eve with screwing people over, like that's <laughs> really fun
0: was But That's the best part, right? Isn't it? To be honest,
3: there's, like, also, there's also a cool trick and. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess it's going to be used against us now. But it's not necessarily complicated, but it's like, you know, the meta of probing that that is warp the stuff at zero all the time. And then uh, they, every time that, that you crash or something or you log off and you're still like in probe brains, like these dudes are going to work you and kill you when you're logged off. Yeah. But it's, but it's very easy to fake it as well. So you just, you log off one client and then you probe yourself with another. So you make some safe spots that are exactly on the log off spots. Except that you can just go there while you're not actually logged off. So you just put like an Inti or a Covops in there, uncloaked, pretending to be logged off. And there's always dudes warping to you at zero and like, ah, free kill. Except it's yeah. not because you have like a small bomber right there.
0: I actually wanted to do like a play like that in one of the big fights um, where you just have the. So, What I talked about earlier was the, uh, or what Miranda brought up was the uh, the ghost bomb, right? Now, if you know when a big fight's gonna be, like why not just like a day before, you just lock a client off a million km, all right? Bookmark that spot, then bookmark twenty km behind that spot, obviously where the bubble would be, right? And then you just lock off a shit ton of uh, like uh, smart bomb battleships there. And then suddenly there is a dread or there is something, right? Something juicy enough. You don't have to sacrifice a time necessarily, right? But yeah. something, you know, seems to be like a million km away. And everyone who has ever probed in a big fight like that, that's your indication, like, oh, someone had a disconnect. Like, let's check it out, right? But then there, there happens to be a bubble, you know, preferably a hot bubble if you're like, you know, must be like for the dude finding out it should be a friendly bubble, so he's not too like um uh, suspicious yeah, and then kidding. he's going to report oh he has a dread and if that subcar doesn't have anything better to do yeah they're totally going to walk there right and then boom you know you can just log in and uh, think But logging in in a big fight like that i don't know like depends on the size yeah. of the fight so <laughs> uh, know, i never I, did it I,
3: guess, I never did it that's a really a one in a hundred i think chance to pull it off but when yeah. you get it like it much easier. Like way back when you could when you could easily replicate deep saves. So you can make like one thousand AU deep saves. And back before Tether and Citadels and shit, you, a you thousand just, AU. Yeah. No, oh, that's crazy. There used, to be, there used to be this thing where if you uh jump to a sino that is no longer there, you would end up in the same geographical location as the system you came from. So if you had a very deep safe to begin with, which I don't remember how the original one was ever made, but some people had it. Oh, you could, you could replicate them, it them, anywhere. Yeah, so you could, yeah, you could replicate it anywhere. So then once we had these deep safes, you could put the deep safe 1000 AU away and you would light a sino there with a drag bubble and that's how you would jump in a bait capital or even your entire capital fleet. And then anyone warping there from anywhere in the solar system would get dragged uh, wherever you wanted them to. So it was actually oh, a fairly safe yeah. way to sign a wing. Um But yeah, that got fixed, unfortunately, because it was very, and it very is. abusable.
4: <laughs> There's a couple.
3: Like,
0: I, I like it when, for example, like a small example is the like the warp to gate on zero trick that we talked about, I think with Pro God, I talked about it too. But where, where I was like, why has, nobody, why has nobody ever used this? Like, we know it like a bubble drags 500 k Why don't you just make a spot behind the gate? 510, total bubble behind the gate, that bubble will always drag you on zero. And that can be like a shit ton of bubbles in front of it. It doesn't care, right? Yeah. So like I came up with that and was like, why don't nobody ever use that, right? I've never seen it. And it was just a That was also your invention? Yeah, I mean I'm gonna claim it right now because I've never seen it before, (laughs) but like, yeah, like technically. But it's one of those things where it's like, if you wait for the right moment to ever use it, it's going to be like in two years. And I had that with chemos, right? We had those ready for like years. We never used them because we didn't have to, but I really wanted to use it, right? So we started using it in D4, not in D4, in uh, TCAG, what's it called again? G-Magic, right? To get out of right. the uh, out of Azo, because we would otherwise get stuck there. So, yeah. Like that, I, I love those little like, nasty tricks, or like less nasty, like just getting out. They could
3: follow us through the gates yeah. then. Not yeah. Just like inventing your, your house with all kinds of drawings on some uh, next level uh, <laughs> meta- traps and stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> you already theory crafted the counter to your own fleet. Like, that's pretty next level, I think. And you're just sitting on that until you need it. Well, that was an accident, right?
1: 20 things to counter his
3: own fleet. It was an accident?
0: Uh, said it again, Miranda. Like I I think whenever I'm talking or whenever someone's talking, your mic breaks up.
4: Yeah, it doesn't matter. When, yeah, when the mic is activated. I don't know how to fix that. Sorry. But yeah. Um alright. Let's see what else I've got on a on a list as
0: uh, as topics, huh? Uh Oh, like one question here that I wrote down was actually, uh, like how different is this war to like the bigger wars in the past? I'm pretty sure, like the principles are still the same, right? Like it's still it still works the same. Like people are still in a channel throwing around ideas and uh, you know what could we do, and then it's decided, and you know you go in a certain direction. And as you just said, like fights still escalate like they used to right
3: one fleet starts I the feel other I like different, actually uh, for me personally it feels very different but i've missed a bunch of stuff in the middle obviously but i think two key things are different instead of one obviously one major advantage is that i'm still in the mindset that if i if i ping my heart out i'm going to outnumber the enemy that's still my mindset but <laughs> clearly that's not the case in this war and uh that's why why we have these like serbs and all these fleet concepts that 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 people have been fighting outnumbered for so long that is like they're always expecting to be outnumbered and i still have to get used to that because it's a bit like we always used to outnumber everybody and so that's quite new actually and that's why uh um yeah for example yesterday the fight didn't really go in our favor because i was like i mean come on we spam like 100 pings we should be at least equal numbers here let's go and then still, we got <laughs> outnumbered by like 300
0: dudes or something. And I'm like, okay,
4: this, this is going to be bad. Uh, we were.
0: Actually, I think the second thing is. Sorry. I was just saying we were actually sitting on comms, and we're like, wait a second, are in the, like in the middle of a big fight, why didn't they like poke us? Like we could have formed too. Like it was like, well, then they're probably about to disengage, and the fight kept going on, kept going on. We're like, should we form? Like I don't know. Like should we? Yeah. Like, yeah I yeah. wasn't in the court yeah. channels, right? And then Shines was like. Well, I'm sure they're going to be fine. And then at some point, it was like, yeah, our goons were holding the grid, but it was kind of bloody or whatever, right? I think
3: that was the, yeah. the end of the story, right? And it yeah, was, and the thing was that, the, the thing was that, like, it, it, that's also a thing that kind of escalated from something small. And the, what, that's something that I still need to get used to, but I, I thought that we were thinking so furiously for reinforcement that we would get sort of, that we would keep somewhat equal numbers because the fight started with 500 on our side versus 600 on, on the other side. And, and that's quite, that was quite manageable. So like, all right, sure, worst case, we can extract. But then during the course of the fight, the the other side reinforced so many, like up to 350 people more than us, which meant that they could have tackle plates that cram everyone down, right? And that's where you can't extract very cleanly anymore. So that's when, the, when you lose a fight, it like really skews in your disadvantage. Uh, So in hindsight, yeah, I should have called you for sure. So not for next time.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, um,
0: we're doing our own thing to a degree, like all the time. So you might like maybe you think we were busy or whatever. But I think we just returned from a fleet. That's why we are actually sitting with a bunch of FCS in one channel. So maybe that's why nobody poked us. I don't know.
3: Yeah, hindsight. But I think the other thing that's very noticeable, and I got to give some credit there too, uh, to because to, like Killa said, it's a coalition of, like a huge coalition of lots of different alliances, but the, <clears throat> like, the coordination between the FCs is pretty good, I think. Like for example, now there's this strategy to do flash forms to go hacking stuff, but you will see like the pings from all the different alliances go out at exactly the same second, right? Like they're all like, okay, we're all gonna ping now. This is our target. And when they warp into a fight, everyone's going to come into the same warping point. And that's, it sounds pretty basic and like no brainer, but I remember way back what gave us a huge edge was that uh, we had somebody like FCing the FC, so all the fleets would be shooting the same alliance, which was easy because it was always, you know, NC dot or Raiden or PL, whatever. And you would just, everyone would focus on one alliance until they didn't have enough DPS to break your reps anymore and you would move on to the next one. whereas. On their side there would there would occasionally be an alliance warping in by themselves you know they're like we're going in please follow us <laughs> and that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff that used to happen back then on every side but nowadays like nothing really happens without all the fcs being completely in line and coordinated and making exactly the same move so i, I think everyone has gotten a lot better on that part uh like a lot better than they used to so um I would say on both sides, we're, we're fairly equal on that now. And I thought in the past we we had an edge on that. So that's a big, big difference, I think.
4: Yeah. Uh, so
0: there was a question in chat actually. And it was for Killer B, Like, pretty simple. What kind of fleets? Because you talked about, I think that's where this question came from. Because you talked about like the tie-dye being like the, the dom- demotivating factor there for you to FC. So what kind of fleets are your favorite to run if there was no tie-dye, right?
2: No, tie-dye isn't necessarily demotivating for me. I'm fine to mm. handle like I don't mind tie-dye. I even don't mind ten percent tie-dye. We've had plenty of fights of ten percent tie-dye where afterwards I thought there was an amazing fight. It's the it's when it gets worse than tie-dye, right? That's what annoys me. And especially mm. at the current stage of the war where it's all about Either absolutely dominating your opponent or just not fighting at all, or technically, that's what it's about. Obviously, fights like yesterday prove me wrong in the sense that there is still fights where both sides can you know get home and say, "Look, we've done the best we've got here, and we've had an amazing time uh but yeah, generally speaking, I like what I like the most is like you know kind of like one fleet versus one fleet, which is why I enjoyed fountain so much, which is why I was really active at the start of the war when it was basically uh Panfam versus in it. And most of the time, for example... Totally fair.
0: Like one versus one. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. One (laughs) with one. One coalition versus (laughs) one alliance. There's fights everywhere. Um, But it was like a lot of the fights in Fountain started fairly even. Like when we engaged on that 40s, it was basically just my fleet warping down on your fleet and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then going from there is is what's enjoyable to me. Um, I I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Like the first M2... Sounds like the way it developed, it could have been fun for me as well because it developed very organically. But everything about the second M two, like even before the crash even happened and all that, everything about the second M two was just cancer to me, because the whole planning and everything involved in a fight mm-hmm. like that, which is why I was against the fight, like which is why I was against us jumping in in the first place. Like you plan with all these factors, you like even the premise that the servers work. In a fight like that, it's such a bad premise to have. Obviously, you kind of have to have it because otherwise, you, why even play, right? If you just assume the server's gonna crash, why even bother playing in the first place? But on a scale like that, I thought it was just such a weird plan for us to have to be like, look, we're just gonna jump in on this spot after Goon's already sitting there with five thousand people and six hundred Titans loaded, and they were counting. Like,
3: half uh... huh? killer, did not like the the anticipation, like the lead up to that? Because that, I think, is like like before even anyone jumps in, I think that part is awesome because like when something that big is happening, every single clever person who is invested or even not invested is gonna be there. So you're gonna have like, that's a rare opportunity. You have like your full A team on deck preparing for it.
2: Yeah, but I wasn't like, that's the thing. I'm not invested and I had no, I had no kind of tickle to be there at all. I didn't like, the segment, yeah, okay. it was completely non-existent. I'm zero. I have zero investment in this war at this point. And when the second M2 was happening, I was like, "Yeah, this is gonna be a big showdown." I was I was gonna jump in my Titan. I was gonna you know stay around for the first or second DD volley. I was just gonna log off and go to bed after, you know, like they, I was literally just gonna hit my DD once or twice and then go to bed.
4: Yeah, um, so I, be the
2: I don't know. It like a guy walking into the burning room. It, it wasn't it wasn't that exciting to me, um, so. Yeah, I I prefer like nowadays I certainly do prefer the subcap fights. Even caps caps are fine. Like you know if both sides drop dreads or caps or carriers, they can be cool. Like it's just a matter of what level it happens on. Uh, what you know what V accounts as with having a good coordination is also something that kind of annoys me now. When I want to if I wanted to take a fleet out right now, right? If I wanted to take out a fleet right now and go shoot some eye up in there for shoot some. Jammer or something i would have basically have to go to a coordination channel and be like look 40 allies i'm about to take a fleet here and go here make sure you have sinos in place here make sure you have bridge tights but don't ping yet because otherwise they're going to form more dudes and <laughs> or, I, I can't just take out a fleet and i have to tell 40 people what to do first and i have to like do this and that until i can actually get yeah. to and I, I just don't want to do that anymore i don't feel like doing it at the moment anyways
0: yeah, I I feel you. I mean, for M two, um, for the second fight that was supposed to be like the big big showdown, um, I was in a similar situation. Like, I'm not the Titan guy. My Titan was stuck in Fountain anyway. Um, the play I was talking about earlier, we couldn't really make that happen because it has to be a, li- a little bit more of a surprise kind of thing. Then like the subcaps, we had like we have so many FCs. That are just eager to FC subcaps anyway. Like I don't have to FC those either. So like my role is kind of done. Like the 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 leading up to it, like having ideas what plays could be made, like just throwing in like some some thoughts. That like, that's that's the best part for me personally. It's the best part about it. And then when the fight kicks off, like my job is basically done anyway, <laughs> right? So and I'm not hyped to to fight till downtime either. So No, it was a little bit of a bummer.
3: I think that lead up is like one of the most awesome parts of it. I think it's just the the sheer scale of it. Like, I remember, for example, the second M2 fight, I wasn't planning on being in the fight necessarily because it was kind of late and I didn't, I was back to work, so I couldn't stay up all night anyway. But so all of my time was spent like helping to prepare for stuff. But it had like, it gave like a similar, similar energy to, you know, the big six VDT deciding factor when we put like, thousands of megathrons on the grid in on, on the 6 VDT station like my role there was pinging for four hours or something before the fight to tell people to undock their megas because back then if you had that many people and you undock from a station like you would just like you would crash the server or it would take like forever for people to undock so the whole like time was just spent shepherding people into pauses already so that they could easily bridge without screwing up the system and by the time the fight actually started it was like okay someone called targets because like, you know, the fight was won in the in the preparation to it. And I think that happened with the, the VFK headshot attempt. It happened in 6VDT, and now it happened in M2. And I think other than that, I've never really noticed it. But, like, there's so many old-school people who come back for that stuff. And there's this, this, like, kind of vibe and this energy. And it's like, okay, like, this is us against the universe. Like, we have everybody who's ever played this game on deck. And we're going to theorycraft the shit out of this. And and everything leads to that point in time where you have those five thousand dudes, you have all your plans, everything is ready, and then it feels good. Like it feels good, and it feels crazy that you can tell your friends, like, yeah, we orchestrated five thousand nerds on the same place at the same time, and then the server took a shit. Read the article, you know. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's what I always say. Like those heavy
0: tie dye fights. First of all. most people join them for the story more than anything, right? It's like it's not about I the like fight itself. It.
4: they want
1: They're just happy that they were there for it, so they can tell people that they were there.
3: Yeah, exactly. exactly. Firing the booms they want every hour isn't necessarily the most engaging gameplay or anything. No, I mean, <laughs> if you can, if you can, if you can run a computer with effects on, it looks pretty cool. But most of us can't, so <laughs> you just sit there.
0: You say that as an FC who gets to decide how much he doomsdays in his life. You know what I mean? A lot of people in Titans never get to doomsday really, like, effectively. So for them, it's a, like it's more of an event. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people probably fired their first doomsday in one of those big fights. Be it BTEC-R, UALX, yeah. or uh, X-47, or whatever it is, right? So that's that, that one time where they can actually finally use that and actually do doomsday people so like i totally get it right but yeah and it's the the like exactly the the second thing i wanted to say actually was like those big heavy tie-dye fights they usually decide before the fight actually kicks off right like it's like it's in the planning and then number game right it's it's simple math at the end of the day right um do you play your um, your strengths? Um, then you you might just get around the numbers game to a degree, but you'll never get completely around it, right? Especially in the tight and stuff. So it's just how it is. Um. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The anticipation think... of it is really, I think, indeed, where it gets won. And th- and that anticipation happens in non-tie So that's actually kind of the fun part. I think is making sure you maneuver all the all the all the pieces on the chessboard.
2: I think we prep pretty well for the fight. I think that if and that's that's the big if, right? Like the the question really comes down to: Would you consider it bad preparation to assume that the servers were going to hold up? If the answer to that is yes, then I would say um, it was bad preparation. But considering how the first one went, where there was a uh, you know similar amount of people, at least at the beginning, and the servers held up pretty well, and then we had another fight before that in uh, whatever it was. Uh, where we had even more people than that and the server was playable I thought it was an an okay decision to think it and I think if, if we had loaded I think if the servers didn't do what they did uh, the first 6-7 sec- hours of the fight would have been extremely rough I think we uh, obviously you guys being set up with the Titans and the Super the, the Titans didn't really matter because we jumped in out of range of the Titans initially anyways um but the fighter bomber drop being set up there, I think we would have lost probably like thirty, forty, fifty Titans before we had loaded, even if we had loaded to begin with. But uh, mm. the, the plan, the plan of the fight was to go much longer than it, anyways, right? So we did, we did absolutely account for losing that many Titans to begin with. Like we were ready to lose, you know, fifty, sixty, whatever, how many Titans until we had properly loaded grid with all of our forces, and then. Uh, the the idea was to just win in the long run, sort of thing, and I think it would have been possible, but again, it's a lot of uh, would-ifs here.
3: Yeah, so But 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 what you say regarding
2: numbers, I don't agree with that. Like I, I think if, if everyone had loaded,
3: the, like the, indeed, you had the advantage that you could probably just simply snipe the Keepstar from from under us, right, without us being able to do that much about it. There was your advantage of of deciding where you jump in, but numbers wise. Um, the first M2 fight topped off at like 6 point something K people, right? But if everyone was able to load the second M2 fight, it would be like 12 K, like twice as much. So it's it's not really the same numbers there. It was a completely different ball game.
0: Yeah, it felt like a repeat of the million dollar fight. For those who are not uh, aware, like there was this fight in 4 take 9 in Cloud Ring. And Pro got hyped the shit out of it, went on national TV, like, for, like, Can Canadian national TV or whatever, and, like, gave interviews <laughs> and shit. Like, the hype was fucking real, right? And we had this big plan of, like, sending fighter bombers over. Like, back then, the meta about, like, how do you attack a it the it properly, it wasn't quite 100% developed yet, right? So people were still on the whole, like, fighter thing a little bit. So... And then we sent the first wave of fighter bombers over, but nobody could fill their fighter tubes anymore, right So one wave a wave, and then you're done right That's it, so we couldn't kill that thing right it was like kind of felt like the same, but on a on a less significant level back then right but yeah. <laughs> fucking pgl he's really good at hyping people i have to say i have to give it to him right and he didn't know like how was he supposed to know that like we're gonna go with fighters and then like that the server's not gonna make like it wasn't his fault right even though sometimes when mittens talks about it like he uh he blames P- pgl for it he wasn't he didn't even have a fleet on grid i believe or did he I'm, I'm not even sure but like he wasn't involved really he was just from the outside hyping this fight up just for fun right <laughs> i just found it funny Brilliant. I What's...
2: was going to say I was going to say on a numbers thing that like when our DFCs made the decision to jump in I don't think they realized how many dudes were locked in like I agree with you that it was a different ball game but at the time they didn't realize it they were looking at what was already in uh, in uh, M2 and they were looking at what we were going to jump in initially which was about you know two or three thousand dudes which would have put us uh, on top of the first M2 but they considered it reasonable but when I counted up all the locals <laughs> kind of like or the... three
3: thousand people
2: yeah but when 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 i look when i counted up like all of the locals and i was like guys you realize that between all the three systems we have like thirteen thousand people locked in right now there's no way that you're going to load all of that into system there's just no way and yeah i don't know at that point we were already too committed it was basically like our dudes that called the shots were in the same shoes that i was in in the second x47 where You've been hyping that timer for a week. You've been, you know, announcing this huge in showdown. Even if they knew that it might have not been the best call to, like, in my opinion, the right call there would have just been to not go in, do something else at the same time. Maybe, you know, you guys all sitting in M two, maybe go for Hemp's deep or go for one EQ, something like that. You know, um, but. I thought maybe they thought they were too committed to to the Titan fight because that's what everybody has been building it up to. So they didn't really feel like they had a chance except to yeah. go in. So they did it anyways. So I think, I think what, that was the reason.
3: What played it? I think it? that kicked off the first M2 as well. I think it was the the, the commitment because I don't think the strategy of of uh, up to this point was to fight us at all. Like the strategy mm-hmm. was to wear us down to the point where we wouldn't even be able to contest these kind of numbers right that was the yes. long term strategy yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, sure. so the fact that the first M2 snowballed to the point where everyone was jumping in their shit at some point you're committed to the level like if you back out now like you, you can't do that to your dudes it's equal numbers everyone's waiting for this but I don't think if it I don't think it fit in the picture of the strategy up until the point
0: yeah so what I think also played a big role was they were committed um, in general just like because the Titans were there. But then also leading up to the second fight, they kept saying like that it was a major win the first time and it was like all part of the plan. It's all fine. So they committed even more to that idea that they're going to come in and stuff. To then not follow up was a little bit more tricky, right? If I think if, if it wasn't so committed mm-hmm. um, hype-wise then maybe it could have been a different story, right? Maybe it would have been easier to say, okay, guys, look at the situation. Should we actually do this? And then maybe it would have been easier to say, like, no, actually, it was a mistake. But maybe because of that, there was that moment. When the moment came, people just said, uh, like, fuck it.
3: But, Panda, you said earlier, like, you know, sometimes you got to put something juicy on the grid to the point where it's, you know, you can't resist it. I mean, there was some juice on that grid because killing the Keepstar and forcing us into a committed fight would have been an absolutely, completely coalition-shattering event if it were to go down that way. Yeah, there was a plan, right? Like,
2: The the plan was to basically, if everything had worked, we would have killed... Obviously, the Keepstar dies because there's no way you can prevent the Keepstar from dying. You just have to keep like five Titans on it. And then after that, you're sitting there with all of your shit completely unprotected what it would have you been, have been in a two-day fight for sure it would have been a two-day fight yeah yeah exactly you would log back in after downtime 100 percent and yeah. and like
4: like
3: imagine the headlines alone right this would hit like mainstream media like fucking nerds have been fighting for 48 hours now That's <laughs> they're, they're, they're still fighting <laughs> You know, you actually have to, like, tactically send some of your FCs to go to sleep so they wake up a couple hours later somewhat, like, energized. It would have been nuts.
1: I remember when I first first started uh, playing Eve, there was a book. I can't remember what the book's called, but it was all, like, the early battles of Eve. Um, And I remember, like, the first thing that I, you know, learned about Eve and the Eve community was there was like this huge battle. I wish I remembered more about it, but I just remember them talking about it going on for days people taking vacation or like not going to work um, because of this fight that they were like so determined to get to, you know, IRL espionage and shit just for these wars in Eve. And I was like, hell yeah. This yeah. Game I want to play. <laughs>
3: I think that's really the turning point where if people read that, you are either like, yeah, this is for me, or you you're know, like, rush for the hills.
4: <laughs> What's wrong with these people?
3: Yeah, we all know those
0: typical comments saying like, "Hey, I prefer reading about those uh, about the game rather than playing." Right? Like you see those comments all yeah. the time on like all kinds of news sites and stuff. Yeah, and I totally get it. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, I've got friends <laughs> that have never played you know one minute of Eve Online, but they follow the Reddit just because they think it's so entertaining.
3: It's so fun after BR happened, like B-R was such a big thing that mainstream media and the Netherlands picked up on it. And they were writing these articles about, you know, uh, internet spaceship fight, this and that. And at that point in my life, I really tried to keep my real life kind of separate from my nerding habits. So then my colleagues started talking about this fight. And they were like, wow, this game looks awesome. Like, should we play this together?
4: (laughs) No, don't do it. "Mm
3: -hmm." (laughs) No, (laughs) don't do it to yourself. No.
4: Yeah. So, what do you guys think?
0: How do you get three hundred and thirty titans out of that situation, though? Like, what's the right move? What,
2: right now, or like you?
0: yeah, like like how like how's that situation? Like, can you guys fix that situation? You think?
2: Yeah, I think we can.
0: All right, you want to give away the game plan or what? I don't know.
4: Well, <laughs> <laughs> right,
3: V it's your turn. What do you think they're gonna do? <laughs> I know what I would do, but I'm not certainly not gonna share that publicly because I'm enjoying this camp way too much.
4: <laughs> like,
3: I don't know. Like I haven't even given it that much thought to be completely honest. Like I guess one is just to, you know, set up for a fight again. Like... Yeah, that's
2: that's one of the fun things. Like, I can I can say a little bit about this. We've been spitballing ideas, or they have been spitballing ideas in the coalition leadership on how to do this, right? And sometimes there was a notion of people coming up with ideas where this wouldn't turn into just another fight. And Vince went in there, and I went in there, and we said, like, look, you can scrap any idea from your book where this doesn't just turn into another fight. It will, whatever we do to get out, it will just turn into another fight, right? And it's something that. We we to you. Look, this has to be at the back of your head. Whenever you think of or you try to come up with a plan, have this be your baseline. The baseline is this will turn into another fight one way or another. And that's like, we're not going to get out of there without fighting. We're not just going to magically jump out with some weird tricks the way we did it in UALX, right? Uh, so it's, yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's going to happen. Like one of the problems that, like i see as the like it's 330 different people and they were in a big fight when they logged off so they're like most likely all different time zones the problem is you can't just spontaneously ping these guys and say like log in right now and expect like everyone to be there right so if you would try to bust them out let's say you get all the bubbles killed with a sneaky fleet right you form 200 people and you just kill those um Bubbles magically, right? It's a lot of bubbles. Even for 200 people, you're going to be busy for a while. But uh, let's just assume we're all asleep. Nobody noticed, right? The bubbles are gone. Even then, you can't lock in 330 people uh, at the same time anyway, right? So there's always going to be like half of them are going to still be there, right? So you almost have to form super big and pre hype it and like to get all these guys on. Or you just say, all right, we just commit right there on this spot which is, like, most likely, like you said, gonna, like, have to happen anyway. But, and then again, it comes to the tactical part. Like, where do you position? Do you do, like, some weird plays? Like, do you do some lancing? Do you do, like, some boson plays? Like, maybe you're gonna see that kind of shit. Who knows, right? I love that stuff. Like, (laughs) bring it on, right?
3: It's a high stakes game.
0: Imagine, like, imagine all of uh, Papi locks in, but they all bring balls on titans, and it's just gonna be like one wave of ball, and then they're balls on their way into freedom. It would be funny, right? Like, I would kind of like awesome, (laughs) I wouldn't hate it, let's say it that way, right? So, but it's like, it's you know, there's so many things that could, and then things can always go wrong, right? Who knows,
3: but also, how the hell did we add like. Like, goons have had a history of like bubble camping hostiles, right? Either in stations or in poses or whatever. You guys are fanatics. And, that's like, why. <laughs> all, these, all, these, all these mechanics were introduced to prevent this from happening again with tethering and whatever. And for some reason, we're here again camping some bloody bubble wrap people. It's just, I don't know how that even happened. Yeah.
4: It keeps
2: and, happening.
3: Yeah.
4: Well, guys. Yeah. I would say so, big fight
0: it is then. That's I think the next fight in M two that's gonna be probably like it could be the last big fight in this world who knows, right? But yeah. Uh I'm looking forward to it in a weird way. Kinda of similar to Killer B. Like I kinda wanna be part of the fight but again, I kinda don't want to be. <laughs> it's like uh, it's gonna be a good part of the story for sure. Right? So I'm I'm really curious how this, this is gonna work out. I think a lot of people are.
3: Um, I can imagine it's a very difficult discussion to have because there's a lot of people group thinking this strategy, and
2: it's also a very big difference in mentality, right? Like I can always just speak for NC, but for like from our point of view, through all of this, through the through any sort of loss, through any sort of victory. Obviously, there's always a big moral high when there's a big victory, but none of the stuff that happened, even the M2, has really affected the NC morale all that much because Vince is a very straight-up guy and the way he does, does it and the way we present the situation to our people, it just doesn't affect us as much. But I know for a fact that other parts of the coalition they are a lot more affected by stuff like this than we are. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's really about how well they can handle whatever happens next and how well they can sort of get over, you know, the, the sort of uh, hump that, that we've been in, I guess. And uh, I, yeah, that's really what it's going to come down to, I think. Because as far yep. as are we're, we're going to be fine 100% either way.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, there's a lot of, like, on average, you guys have, like, very experienced guys, so. um
3: But it's also, it's also been very consistent. I think that's that's the fun. I think so much things have changed, either in, like, big ways or in subtle ways. But I feel like NC. now is the same as when I quit, literally. It's just the same group of people. They still show up. They're really consistent and everything. It's like, yeah, Vince is still there doing Vince things. It's <laughs> all, so, you know, super familiar.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we are one and a half hours in. That's usually uh, uh, where well, we kind of uh, cut it. I enjoyed it very much, and I would say uh, thanks for coming and uh, talking. And we should do it yeah, again. Sure we yeah, should just do... talk
2: again right after let's just talk again right after whatever happens next in m2 how about let's,
0: this let's do that i was about to say exactly that i was like let's let's meet again when this fight happened and then and then see what what actually uh, worked out did everyone get bosons we will find out <laughs> <laughs> bosons probably not because the range is too low but whatever it might be lances you never know so then thanks again and uh Thanks for everyone uh, hanging out, and whoever it was who donated, I'm gonna check that uh, actually later. Thanks for that, Waster. and thanks, yeah, thanks a lot. Super uh, nice, and uh, thanks for the subs, and thanks Jabby for the uh, for the big host, and you guys can get that Astero skin at the end
4: in just three, two, one. Whoops, nope. I misclicked. clicked there you go misclick <laughs> end stream <laughs> no that's gonna that's gonna come next alright you guys see you guys around